Last week, we talked about uh, Alma's people and you know how their experience related to the doctrine of Christ. And tonight, we're going to talk about those who didn't go to with Alma to the waters of Mormon, King Limhi's people. And, you know, specifically King Limhi and Ammon, bondage, destruction, repentance, covenants, redemption, ascension, and deliverance. And we'll start tonight in Mosiah 18, verse 32. And in Mosiah 18, 32 to 35. But behold, it came to pass that the king, having discovered a movement among the people, sent his servants to watch them. Therefore, on the day that they were assembling themselves together to hear the word of the Lord, they were discovered unto the king. Now the king said that Alma was stirring up the people to rebellion against him. Therefore, he sent his army to destroy them. And it came to pass that Alma and and the people of the Lord were apprised of the coming of the king's army. Therefore, they took their tents and their families and departed into the wilderness, and they were in number about 450 souls. Now in Mosiah 19, verse 2, And now behold, the forces of the king were small, having been reduced, and there began to be a division among the remainder of the people. So the remainder of the people were those who did not go after the waters of Mormon with Alma. But there was a group of the people who didn't go that had the seeds planted in their hearts of both what Abinadi had said and what Alma had said. And now, verse 7. And now the king cried out in anguish of his soul, saying, Gideon, spare me, for the Lamanites are upon us, and they will destroy us, yea, they will destroy my people. So the very thing that King Noah sought to do to the people of Alma is done to him by the Lamanites. An army of the Lamanites come to destroy the people of King Noah. Now verses 9 through 11. And the king commanded the people that they should flee before the Lamanites. And he himself did go before them. And they did flee into the wilderness with their women and their children. And it came to pass that the Lamanites did pursue them and did overtake them and began to slay them. And now it came to pass that the king commanded them that all the men should leave their wives and their children and flee before the Lamanites. Now, verses 12 through 14. Now, there were many that would not leave them, but had rather stay and perish with them. And the rest left their wives and their children and fled. And it came to pass that those who tarried with their wives and their children caused that their fair daughters should stand forth and plead with the Lamanites that they would not slay them. And it came to pass that the Lamanites had compassion on them, for they were charmed with the beauty 
other women. And now in verse 26. And also Limhi, being the son of the king, having the kingdom conferred upon him by the people, made oath unto the king of the Lamanites that his people should pay tribute unto him even one half of all they possessed. So just as Abinadi had prophesied, because they didn't repent, uh, when Abinadi first came to them, um, they came into bondage by the Lamanites. And not did they just come into bondage, but they were smitten and driven by the Lamanites. And many of the people of King Limhi were slain. And verse 29, and King Limhi did have continual peace in his kingdom for the space of two years. That the Lamanites did not molest them, nor seek to destroy them. Now, Mosiah 20, verses 1 and then 5 through 7. Now, there was a place in Shemlon where the daughters of the Lamanites did gather themselves together to sing and to dance and to make merry themselves. And when there were but few of them gathered together to dance, they came forth, they, the Remnant of the wicked priests of King Noah, they came forth out of their secret places and took them and carried them away into the wilderness. Yea, twenty and four of the daughters of the Lamanites they carried into the wilderness. And it came to pass that when the Lamanites found that their daughters had been missing, they were angry with the people of Limhi, for they thought it was the people of Limhi who had carried away their daughters. Therefore, they sent their armies forth. Yea, even the king himself went before his people, and they went up to the land of Nephi to destroy the people of Limhi. Now, verses 9 through 11. And it came to pass that when the Lamanites had come up, that the people of Limhi did begin to fall upon them from their waiting places and began to slay them. And it came to pass that the battle became exceedingly sore. For they fought like lions for their prey. And it came to pass that the people of Limhi began to drive the Lamanites before them. Yet they were not half so numerous as the Lamanites. But they fought for their lives and for their wives and for their children. Therefore they exerted themselves like dragons and they did fight. So in this second battle, the first battle while they were under the reign of King Limhi. They were victorious, but they sustained heavy losses, and they were not left into a in a position where they could resume warfare with any certainty that they would be able to be victorious because of their numbers versus the numbers of the Lamanites. Now, verses twenty through twenty-two. And behold, they came with their numerous hosts, and except the king doth pacify them <clears throat> towards us, we must perish. For are not the words of Abinadi fulfilled, which he prophesied against us, and all this because we would not hearken unto the words of the Lord and turn from our iniquities? 
Now 25 to 26. And it came to pass that they followed the king and went forth without arms to meet the Lamanites. And it came to pass that they did meet the Lamanites. And the king of the Lamanites did bow himself down before them. And it plead in behalf of the people of Limhi. And when the Lamanites saw the people of Limhi, they were without arms. They had compassion on them and were pacified towards them and returned with their king in peace to their own land. Now, if we cross-reference Mosiah 11, Verses 20 through 26. And it came to pass that there was a man among them whose name was Abinadi. We're going to take a look at the words that Abinadi delivered to the people at the time of King Noah, calling them to repentance and warning them what would happen if they would not. And it came to pass that was that there was a man among them whose name was Abinadi. And he went forth among them and began to prophesy, saying, Behold, thus saith the Lord. And thus hath he commanded me, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Thus saith the Lord, Woe be unto this people. For I have seen their abominations and their wickedness and their whoredoms. And except they repent, I will visit them in mine anger. And except they repent and turn to the Lord their God, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of their enemies. Yea, and they shall be brought into bondage, and they shall be afflicted by the hands of their enemies. Now, as we go through these scriptures, I want you to keep in mind and look for parallels between the people of King Limhi and the people of King Noah and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For the Lord has given us warnings also that we need to repent and return. And except they repent and turn to the Lord their God, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of their enemies. Yea, and they shall be brought into bondage, and they shall be afflicted by the hands of their enemies. And it shall come to pass that they shall know that I am the Lord their God, and am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of my people. And it shall come to pass that except this people repent and turn unto the Lord their God, they shall be brought into bondage, and none shall deliver them except it be the Lord God Almighty. And it shall come to pass that when they shall cry unto me, I will be slow to hear their cries. Yea, I will suffer them that they will be smitten by their enemies. 
And except they repent in sackcloth and ashes and cry mightily to the Lord their God, I will not hear their prayers. Neither will I deliver them out of their afflictions. Thus saith the Lord, and thus hath he commanded me. Now it came to pass that when Abinadi had spoken these words unto them, they were wroth with him and sought to take away his life. But the Lord delivered him out of their hands. Now let's go to Mosiah 21. And continue our narrative. Mosiah 21, verses 2 through 6. And it came to pass that Limhi and his people returned to the city of Nephi and began to dwell in the land in peace. And it came to pass that after many days, the Lamanites began again to be stirred up in anger against the Nephites. And they began to come into the borders of the land round about. Verses 8 through 10. And it came to pass that the Lamanites did beat them and drove them back and slew many of them. And now there was a great mourning and lamentation among the people of Limhi. Widow mourning for her husband and son mourning for and daughter mourning for their father and brother for their brethren. Now there were a great many widows in the land and they did cry mightily from day to day. For a great fear of the Lamanites had come upon them. And it came to pass that the continual Christ had stirred up the remainder of the people of Limhi to anger against the Lamanites. And they went again to battle, but they were driven back, suffering much loss. So the second battle of the people of King Limhi resulted again with heavy casualties and a loss. Now verse 12, yea, and they went again, even the third time, and suffered in like manner. And those that were not slain returned again to the city of Nephi. So the third battle under King Limhi again resulted in a loss with heavy casualties. And verses 13 and 14, and they did humble themselves even to the dust, subjecting themselves to the yoke of bondage. Submitting themselves to being smitten and to be driven to and fro and burdened according to the desires of their enemies. And they did humble themselves even to the depths of humility. And they did cry mightily to God. Yea, even all the day long did they cry unto their God that he would deliver them out of their afflictions. So, you know, again we see that. A people, you know, in prosperity become hardened in their hearts and they turn away from the God who gave them their liberty and prosperity until they're brought down into bondage. And they're either brought down into bondage unto destruction or unto repentance. And in verse 15. And now the Lord was slow to hear their cry, precisely as Abinadi had prophesied. Because of their iniquities, nevertheless, the Lord did hear their cries and began to soften the hearts of the Lamanites. They began to ease their burdens. Yet the Lord did not see fit to deliver them out of bondage. 
So the people of Alma and the people of King Limhi were at two different spiritual levels. The people of Alma qualified for deliverance from destruction. And they also qualified for deliverance from, you know, severe bondage. And so, you know, they didn't go to a series of wars with the Lamanites. And as they came into bondage, the Lord made their burdens easy and light. Well, most of those who remained, who were the people of King Limhi, didn't qualify for deliverance from destruction. And so there were a series of wars. Most of them were killed by the Lamanites. But those who survived um, did qualify for deliverance from bondage, having had the seeds of the doctrine of Christ planted in their hearts by Abinadi and by Elma. But they needed a more severe bondage um, to help them go from hearing to acting. And now verse 15. And now the Lord was slow to hear their cries because of their iniquities. Nevertheless, the Lord did hear their cries and began to soften the hearts of the Lamanites, that they began to ease their burdens. And the Lord did not see fit to deliver them out of bondage. So, you know, those who remained qualified for deliverance from destruction um, but they didn't yet qualify for deliverance from or up until this point extreme bondage but as they crowd into the Lord they're beginning the process of repenting and returning and even though the Lord was slower to hear their cries than the people of Alma um, he is hearing their cries and eventually, he's going to make their burdens easier and lighter. Uh, not to the same extent of Alma's people, which, you know, is said that their burdens were made so easy that they could not feel them upon their backs. But the Lord did ease the burdens of King Limhi as they repented and began the path of ascension. Now, let's cross-reference. Mosiah 24, verses 13 through 16. And it came to pass that the voice of the Lord came to them in their afflictions, saying, Lift up your heads and be of good comfort, for I know of the covenant which ye have made unto me. And I will covenant with my people and deliver them out of bondage. And I will also erase the burdens which are put upon your shoulders, that even you cannot feel them upon your backs, even while you are in bondage. And this will I do, that you may stand as a witness for me hereafter, and that you may know of a surety that I, the Lord God, do visit my people 
in their afflictions. So, um, you know, this is comparing and contrasting the, the lifting of the burdens of the people of Alma versus the people of Limhi. And now it came to pass that the burdens which were laid upon Alma and his brethren were made light. Yea, the Lord did strengthen them, and they could bear up their burdens with ease. And they did submit cheerfully with patience to all the will of the Lord. And it came to pass that so great was their faith and their patience that the voice of the Lord came unto them again, saying, Be of good comfort, for on the morrow I will deliver you out of bondage. So, almost as soon as the Lord made the burdens easy and light of the people of Alma, he prepared a way for their deliverance from the bondage of the Lamanites. And in Isaiah's terms, as soon as one ascends to the level of elect, one qualifies for deliverance from bondage. And the, the bondage that they came into helped facilitate their crying out unto God and ascending up the spiritual ladder to the level of elect where they could qualify for deliverance from bondage. Now, back in Mosiah 21, verse 22, and it came to pass that there were no more disturbances between the Lamanites and the people of Limhi, even until the time that Ammon and his brethren came into the land. So for the people of King Limhi, as they began repenting, the Lord halted the work of destruction among them. And now in verses 31 through 36. Yea, they did mourn for their departure, for they knew not whither they had fled. Now they would have gladly joined them. Now this is King Limhi's people, you know, reflecting on Alma's people. By this time, they had sufficiently repented that they were at a similar ascension level to where Alma's people were before they went to the waters of Mormon. And they did mourn for their departure, the departure of Alma's people, for they knew not whither they had fled. Now they would have gladly joined them, for they themselves had entered into a covenant with God to serve him and to keep his commandments. And now since the coming of Ammon, King Limhi had also entered into a covenant with God and also many of his people to serve him and to keep his commandments. And it came to pass that King Limhi and many of his people were desirous to be baptized, but there was none in the land that had authority from God. And Ammon declined doing this, considering himself an unworthy servant.
Therefore, they did not at that time form themselves into a church, waiting upon the spirit of the Lord. Now they were desirous to become even as Alma and his brethren who had fled into the wilderness. And they were desirous to be baptized as a witness and a testimony that they were willing to serve God with all their hearts. Nevertheless, they did prolong the time and an account of their baptism shall be given hereafter. And now all the study of Ammon and his people, the people of, and King Limhi and his people was to deliver themselves out of bondage from the Lamanites. Now, let's let's go get a fuller account in Mosiah chapter 7. Mosiah chapter 7, verses 17 through 33. And now it came to pass that on the morrow, the king Limhi sent a proclamation among, among all his people, that thereby they might gather themselves together to the temple, to hear the words which he should speak unto them. And it came to pass that when they had gathered themselves together, that he spake unto them, in this wise saying, O ye my people, lift up your heads and be comforted. For behold, the time is at hand, or is not far distant, when we shall no longer be in subjection to our enemies, notwithstanding our many strugglings, which have been in vain. Yet I trust there remaineth an effectual struggle to be made. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice, and put your trust in God, and that God who was the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and also the God who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and caused that they should walk through the Red Sea on dry ground and fed them with manna that they might not perish in the wilderness. And many more things did he do for them. And again, that same God has brought our fathers out of the land of Jerusalem and has kept and preserved his people even until now. And behold, it is because of our iniquities and abominations that he has brought us into bondage. So as King Limhi and his people are repenting and ascending up the spiritual ladder, and it has been made known unto King Limhi, uh, especially with the help of Ammon, that the Lord is going to provide a way for their delivery, even though at this point, King Elimahai doesn't know how it will be accomplished. Um, but unto this end, he's gathered his people to come together to the temple, that he might talk to them, and they might have a discussion about how deliverance is going to be achieved. And Alma freely, or Limhi freely admits that they came into bondage because of their iniquities and abominations. And verse 21, and ye all are witnesses this day that Zenith, who was made king over this people, he being overzealous to inherit the land of his fathers, therefore being deceived by the cunning and craftiness of King Laman, who having entered into treaty with King Zenith and having yielded up unto the 
and to his hands the possession of a part of the land, or even the city of Lehi-Nephi, the city of Shiloh, and the land round about. And all this he did for the sole purpose of bringing his people into subjection, or into bondage. And behold, we at this time do pay tribute to the king of the Lamanites, in the amount of one half of our corn and our barley, even all our grain of every kind. And one half of the increase of our flocks and our herds, and even one half of all we possess. The king of the Lamanites doth extract of us or our lives. And now, is not this grievous to be borne? And is not this our affliction great? Now behold how great reason we have to mourn. Yea, I say unto you, great are the reasons which we have to mourn. For behold, how many of our brethren have been slain, and their blood has been spilt in vain, and all because of iniquity. For if this people had not fallen into transgression, the Lord would not have suffered that this great evil should have come upon them. But behold, they would not hearken unto his words. There are, arose contentions among them, even so much that they did shed blood among themselves. And a prophet of the Lord have they slain, Abinadi, yea, a chosen man of God, who told them of their wickedness and abominations, and prophesied of many things which are to come, yea, even to the coming of Christ. And because he said unto them, that Christ was God, the Father of all things. And he said that he should take upon him the image of man. And it should be the image after which man was created. In the beginning, or in other words, he said that man was created after the image of God. And that God should come down among the children of men and take upon him flesh and blood and go forth upon the face of the earth. <laughs> And now because he said this, they did put him to death. And many more things did they do, which brought down the wrath of God upon them. Therefore, who wondereth that they are in bondage? And that they are smitten with sore afflictions. For behold, the Lord has said, I will not succor my people in the day of their transgression, but I will hedge up their way and they will prosper not, and their doings shall be as a stumbling block before them. And again he saith, if my people shall sow filthiness, they shall reap the chaff thereof in the whirlwind, and the effect thereof is poison. And again he saith, if my people sow filthiness, they shall reap the east wind, which bringeth immediate destruction. And now behold, the promise of the Lord is fulfilled, and ye are smitten and afflicted. But if you will turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart and put your trust in him and serve him with all diligence of mind, if you do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you out of bondage. You know, there is a direct corollary here with the Latter-day Saints. For in 1832, as recorded in DNC 84. 
the saints had come under condemnation. You know, verse 55, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. And this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion, even all. And they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant in the Book of Mormon and the former commandments which I have given them, not only to say, but also to do according to that which I have written, that they may bring forth fruit meat for their father's kingdom. Otherwise, there remaineth a scourge and a judgment to be poured out upon the children of Zion. For shall the children of the kingdom pollute my holy land? Verily I say unto you, nay. And, you know, this is actually the second general recorded warning that the Lord gave to the Latter-day Saints. The first being in the Book of Commandments, um, which was the forerunner of the Doctrine and Covenants. And in the Book of Commandments, chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, it says, And thus, if the people of this generation harden not their hearts, I will work a reformation among them. And I will put down all lyings and deceivings and priestcrafts and envies and strifes and idolatries and sorceries and all manner of iniquities. And I will establish my church like unto the church which was taught by my disciples in the days of old. Or in other words, the terrestrial order or church of Christ. In verse 6, and now if this generation do harden their hearts against my word, behold, I will deliver them up unto Satan. For he reigneth, and he hath much power at this time. For he hath got great hold upon the hearts of the people of this generation, and not far from the iniquities of Sodom and Gomorrah do they come at this time. And behold, the sword of justice hangeth over their heads. And if they persist in the hardness of their hearts, the time cometh that it must needs fall upon them. Behold, I tell you these things. Even as I also told the people of the destruction of Jerusalem, and my word shall be verified at this time, as it hath hitherto been verified. So, um, again, as we go through these scriptures, you know, inquire of the Lord what are the direct parallels from the bondage that the people of Alma and King Limhi came under and the bondage of the Latter-day Saints and the path of deliverance that was offered them as well as is offered the Latter-day Saints. And you remember, you know, the, the promise of the Lord to his people. So even though King Lim, Limhi's people had hardened their hearts, still God called them his people. Um, and because they were his people, he extended his arm of mercy to them. Verse 32 in Mosiah 7. And now behold, the promise of the Lord is fulfilled, and ye are smitten and afflicted. And if ye will turn to the Lord with full purpose of heart, 
and put your trust in him and serve him with all diligence of mind. If you do this, he will, according to his own will and pleasure, deliver you out of bondage. Now, let's go to Mosiah 8 and look at this, you know, further repentance and being delivered from bondage. And in verse 3, and he also rehearsed unto them the last words which King Benjamin. Now we've made a transition from King Limhi talking to Ammon talking. And Ammon recounts to the people of King Limhi the words of King Benjamin. And because he relates to them the words of King Benjamin, they know about the covenant that King Benjamin's people made, and they desired to enter into a like covenant. Verse 3, And he also rehearsed unto them the words which King Benjamin had taught them, and explained them to the people of King Limhi, so that they might understand all the words which he spake, you know, being King Benjamin. So if we turn back to... Mosiah, chapter 4. You know, here is the effect that the words of King Benjamin had upon his people. And we know that they had a similar effect upon the people of King Limhi because it helped them ascend to the point where they qualified for deliverance from bondage. Verse 1, Mosiah 4. And now it came to pass that when King Benjamin had made an end of speaking the words which had been delivered unto him by the angel of the Lord, that he cast his eyes round about on the multitude. For behold, they had fallen to the earth, for the fear of the Lord had come upon them. And they viewed themselves in their own carnal state, even less than the dust of the earth. And they all cried with one voice, saying, Oh, have mercy, and apply the atoning blood of Christ, that we may receive forgiveness of our sins, and our hearts may be purified. For we believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who created heaven and earth, and all things who shall come down among the children of men. And it came to pass that after they had spoken these words, the Spirit of the Lord came upon them, and they were filled with joy, having received remission of their sins. And having peace of conscience because of the exceeding faith which they had in Jesus Christ, who should come according to the words which King Benjamin had spoken. So the words of King Benjamin has brought his people unto a broken heart and contrite spirit sufficiently that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And it is also... They are also bringing the people of King Limhi, you know, through the words of Ammon, also to a broken heart and contrite spirit. And it's preparing them to, in a near future time, receive baptism by water and the baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in Mosiah 5, at the end of verse 1,
King Benjamin desired to know if they believed the words that he had spoken unto them. And they all cried with one voice, saying, Yea, we believe all the words which thou hast spoken unto us. And we also know of their surety and truth, because of the spirit of the Lord omnipotent, which has wrought a mighty change in us or in our hearts. We have no more disposition to do evil, but to do good continually. And we ourselves also, through the infinite goodness of God and the manifestations of his spirit, have great views of that which is to come. And were it expedient, we could prophesy all things. In verse 5, and this is the covenant that the people of King Limhi, through the words of Ammon, based their own covenant. And we are willing to enter into a covenant with our God to do his will and to be obedient to his commandments in all things that he shall command us all the remainder of our days, that we may not bring upon ourselves a never-ending torment as has been spoken by the angel, that we may not drink out of the cup of the wrath of God. And verse 7, And now because of the covenant which ye have made, ye shall be called the children of Christ, his sons and his daughters. For behold, this day he has spiritually begotten you. For ye say that your hearts are changed through faith on his name. Therefore, you are born of him and have become his sons and his daughters. And under this head, you are made free. And there is no other head whereby ye can be made free. There is no other name given whereby salvation cometh. Therefore, I would that ye should take upon you the name of Christ. All you that have entered into the covenant with God, that ye should be obedient unto the end of your lives. And it shall come to pass that whosoever doeth this shall be found at the right hand of God. For he shall know the name by which he is called, for he shall be called by the name of Christ. And now it shall come to pass that whosoever shall not take upon him the name of Christ must be called by some other name. Therefore he findeth himself on the left hand of God. And I would that ye should remember also that this is the name that I said I should give unto you, that should never be blotted out, except it be through transgression. Therefore take heed that ye do not transgress, that the name be not blotted out of your hearts. And I say unto you, I would that ye should remember to retain the name written always in your hearts, that ye are not found on the left hand of God, but that ye hear and know the voice by which ye should be called, and also the name by which he shall call you. And how knoweth a man, a man the master whom he hath not served, and who is a stranger unto him, and is far from the thoughts and intents of his heart? And again, doth a man take an ass which belongeth to his neighbor, and keep him? I say unto you, Nay, he will not even suffer that he shall feed him on his flocks, but he will drive him away, and cast him out. And I say unto you, that even so shall it be among you, if ye know not the name by which ye are called. Therefore I would that you should be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in good works, that Christ the Lord God omnipotent may seal you his, that you may be brought to heaven, that you may have everlasting salvation and eternal life. Through the wisdom and power and justice and mercy of him who created all things in heaven and in earth, who is God above all. Amen.
All right. So King Limhi's people, you know, based their covenant on the covenant that King Benjamin's people made. So if we go back to Mosiah 8. Again, verse 3. And he, Ammon, also rehearsed unto them the last words which King Benjamin had taught them. And explained them to the people of King Limhi, so that they might understand all the words which he spake. And verse 20. Oh, how marvelous are the works of the Lord, and how long doth he suffer? With his people, yea, how blind the and impenetrable are the understandings of the children of men. For they will not seek wisdom, neither do they desire that she should rule over them. Yea, they are as a wild flock which fleeth from the shepherd and scattereth and are driven and are devoured by the beasts of the forest. So, you know, Lehi again commands makes a comment on the natural man or the state of men and women before, especially the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in Mosiah chapter 11, and he's certainly making the observation that this is exactly where he and his people were before they came into bondage, before Ammon came to them, and they were taught the words of King uh, Benjamin, and they they remembered again the words of Abinadi and Alma, and in Mosiah chapter eleven. Verses 20-26. And it came to pass that there was a man among them whose name was Abinadi. And he went forth among them and began to prophesy among them, saying, Behold, thus saith the Lord, and thus hath the Lord commanded me, saying, Go forth and say unto this people, Thus saith the Lord, Woe be unto this people, for I have seen their abominations and their wickedness and their whoredoms, and except they repent, I will visit them in mine anger. And except they repent and turn unto the Lord their God, behold, I will deliver them into the hands of their enemies. Yea, and they shall be brought into bondage, and they shall be afflicted by the hands of their enemies. And it shall come to pass that they shall know that I am the Lord their God, and I'm a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of my people. And it shall come to pass that except this people repent and return unto the Lord their God, they shall be brought into bondage, and none shall deliver them except it be the Lord their God Almighty. And it shall come to pass that when they shall cry unto me, I will be slow to hear their cries. Yet I will suffer them that they be smitten by their enemies. And except they repent in sackcloth and ashes, 
and cry mightily unto the Lord their God. I will not hear their prayers, neither will I deliver them out of their afflictions. And thus saith the Lord, and thus hath the Lord commanded me. So what do we know? We know that the people of King Rimhai did eventually humble themselves in sackcloth and ashes and did cry mightily unto the Lord their God. And although he was slow to hear their cries, he did hear their cries. And it came to pass that when Abinadi had spoken these words unto them, they were wroth with him and sought to take away his life. But the Lord delivered him out of their hands. And in Mosiah, chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And it came to pass that after the space of two years, Abinadi came among them in disguise, that they knew him not, and began to prophesy among them, saying, Thus has the Lord commanded me, saying, Abinadi, go and prophesy unto my people, for they have hardened their hearts against my words. And they have repented not of their evil doings. Therefore, I will visit them in my anger. Yea, in my fierce anger will I visit them in their iniquities and abominations. So even in their iniquities and abominations, still the Lord called them his people. And, you know, he sent messengers to them like Abinadi, you know, declaring unto them repentance. That they must repent and return. Or suffer great hardship and even destruction. Yea, woe be unto this generation. And the Lord said unto me, Stretch forth thy hand and prophesy, saying, Thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that this generation, because of their iniquities, shall be brought into bondage and shall be smitten on the cheek. And as we go, Back to the prophecies of Abinadi, we can see how all of his words were fulfilled. And shall be driven by men, and shall be slain, and the vultures of the air and the dogs, yea, the wild beasts shall devour their flesh. And it shall come to pass that the life of King Noah shall be valued even as a garment in a hot furnace. For he shall know that I am the Lord God. And it shall come to pass that I will smite this people with a sore afflictions, yea, with famine and with pestilence, and I will cause that they shall howl all the day long. Yea, and I will cause that they shall have burdens lashed upon their backs, and they shall be driven before like a dumb ass. And it came to pass that I will send forth hail among them, and it shall smite them. And they shall also be smitten with the east wind, and the insects shall pester their land also, and devour their grain. And they shall be smitten with great pestilences, or with great pestilence. And all this will I do because of their iniquities and abominations. And it shall come to pass that except they repent, I will utterly destroy them from off the face of the earth. Yet they shall leave a record behind them. And I will preserve them for other nations, which shall possess the land. Yea, even this will I do, that I may discover the abominations of this people to other nations. And many things did admitted I prophesy against this people. And it came to pass that they were angry with him, 
and took him and carried him and bound before the king and said unto the king, Behold, we have brought a man before thee who has prophesied evil concerning thy people and saith that God will destroy them. And he also prophesieth evil concerning thy life and saith that thy life shall be as a garment in the furnace of a fire. And again, he saith that thou shalt be as a stock, even as a dry stock of the field, which is run over by beasts and trodden underfoot. And again, he saith thou shalt be as the blossoms of a thistle, which when it is fully ripe, if the wind bloweth, it is driven forth upon the face of the land. And he pretendeth the Lord hath spoken it. And he saith, all this shall come upon thee, except thou repent, and this because of thine iniquities. Um, I want you to pay special note about the scourges that Abinadi said would come upon the people of King Noah if they didn't repent and return. And let's compare them with what the Lord has prophesied in the Doctrine and Covenants about the Latter-day Saints if they do not also repent and return. So, in the Doctrine and Covenants, Go to DNC 112. And in DNC 112, let's read verses 23 through 26. Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth, and gross darkness the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth, a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind, it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord, and upon my house shall it begin. Well, why would it begin upon the Lord's house? First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Or in other words, the destruction will first come upon those who, as Christ calls them, are fig trees with leaves but no fruit, who draw near to the Lord with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. Now in DNC 5, verses 16 and then 18 through 20. And behold, whatsoever, and behold, whosoever believeth 
on my words, them will I visit with manifestations of my spirit. And they shall be born of me, even of water and of the spirit. So the Lord in these verses is not talking about those Latter-day Saints who repent and return, who enter into the new covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit and are seeking after and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. However, those who will not. And their testimony shall also go forth unto the condemnation of this generation if they harden their hearts against them. Or just as the people of King Limhi hardened their hearts against the words of Abinadi and Alma. For a desolating scourge shall go forth among the inhabitants of the earth and shall continue to be poured out from time to time if they repent not until the earth is empty and the inhabitants thereof are consumed away and utterly destroyed by the brightness of my coming. Behold, I tell you these things, even as I told the people of the destruction of Jerusalem, and my word shall be verified at this time, as it hath hitherto been verified. And we have just read and are reading an account of the verification of the warning which the Lord gives his people, that if they do not repent and return, and enter into the new covenant. And remember, you know, we read that the covenant that King Limhi's people eventually entered into was the same as the people of King Benjamin's, which was that of a broken heart and contrite spirit that they might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the Lord says the exact same thing to the Latter-day Saints. Again, section 5, verse 16. And whoso, and behold, whosoever believeth on my words, then will I visit with the manifestations of my spirit, and they shall be born of me. Well, to be born of God is to be born a son or daughter of Christ through the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Even of water and of the spirit. You know, so being born of the Spirit is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Ghost, and baptism by water when it becomes available. And remember that there are two baptisms of water talked about in the scriptures. One into the preparatory gospel. Um, and if we quickly go to DNC 84, we read about this preparatory baptism when the children of Israel had rejected the fullness of the gospel verse 25 he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also the Melchizedek priesthood and the lesser priesthood continued which priesthood told of the key of the ministering of angels and of the preparatory gospel which is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and remission of sins but how do we know that this isn't the baptism by water that they were receiving before the Melchizedek priesthood was taken from them? For in the LDS church today, um, one who has been ordained to the Aaronic priesthood has the power to baptize with water. 
However, if we go to 3 Nephi, chapter 7, we see that before Christ comes um, and restores the terrestrial order of the gospel in the Melchizedek priesthood, Nephi here is operating under the Aaronic priesthood. And he is baptizing with water into the preparatory gospel, just as what happened to the children of Israel under Moses. And in 3 Nephi 7, verse 23, thus passed away the 30 and third year also. And Nephi did cry unto the people in the commencement of the 30 and third year, and did preach unto them repentance and remission of sins. Well, what did we just read in DNC 84 was the preparatory gospel? And in verse 26 in DNC 84, the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and baptism and the remission of sins. So that's the exact gospel that Nephi is preaching in 3 Nephi 7 before the coming of Christ. And he did preach unto them repentance and remission of sins, 3 Nephi 7 to 23. And I would have you to remember also that there were none who were brought unto repentance, who are not baptized with water. Therefore, there were ordained of Nephi men unto this ministry, that all such as should come unto them should be baptized with water, and this as a witness and a testimony before God, and also unto the people that they had repented and received a remission of their sins. And there were many in the commencement of this year that were baptized unto repentance, and thus the more part of the year did pass away. Notice that nothing here is said about the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Only baptism by water. And then in 3 Nephi chapter 11, when Christ comes, he calls Nephi forth from the multitude. And in verse 19, it says in 3 Nephi 11, And Nephi arose and went forth and bowed himself before the Lord and to kiss his feet. And the Lord commanded him that he should arise, and he arose and stood before him. And the Lord said unto him, I give unto you power that ye shall baptize this people when I am again ascended into heaven. Well, why would Christ need to give Nephi authority to baptize this people and a commandment to do so after he ascends into heaven when clearly Nephi already has the power to baptize? And it's because with the restoration of the fullness of Christ's gospel to the Nephites, and the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood, there is another baptism by water into the terrestrial order or the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, this is also evidenced in church history when in the book of commandments, we have the baptismal prayer that Christ gives the Nephites um, in 3 Nephi 11. And in verse 24, he says, And now behold, these are the words which ye shall say, calling them by name, saying, Having authority given me of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And then ye shall immerse them in the water, and come again out of the water. And this is a baptismal prayer that we found in the Doctrine and Covenants up until, or 
pardon me, the Book of Commandments, because the Doctrine and Covenants didn't exist yet um, until the Doctrine and Covenants was published in 1835. Well, what happened in 1834? Christ took his name out of the church, and we were demoted from the terrestrial church of Christ to the telestial preparatory gospel. And thus the baptismal prayer was changed. And it went from having authority given me of Jesus Christ to having been commissioned of Jesus Christ. And while that might sound like a very subtle change, the baptismal prayer into the terrestrial order doesn't ever change. It is the same from eternity to eternity. And it became the very baptism of water that Nephi was performing not in 3 Nephi chapter 11, but in 3 Nephi chapter 7, into the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and baptism and the remission of sins. So, if we go back now to DNC 5. And again, the Lord speaking to the calamities that are going to befall the world, but are going to start among the Latter-day Saints, among those who, like the people of Limhi, have rejected their God. By rejecting the doctrine of Christ, which is the same doctrine that Ammon restored, teaching them the last words of King Benjamin, which were all about how to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, through offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit. Now, again, DNC 5, verse 16. And behold, whosoever believeth on my words, then will I visit with the manifestations of my spirit, and they shall be born of me, even of water and of spirit. So this baptism of water is referring to the water baptism into the terrestrial order because it's paired with the baptism of the spirit. And in 3 Nephi 7, there is no baptism of the spirit. There's only baptism of water. But after the Lord restores, restores the Melchizedek priesthood in 3 Nephi 11. Remember, there are two parts to priesthood. The first is the ordination where one receives authority. And the second is the sealing where one receives power. And one only has a priesthood sealed upon them after they pass the, the tests that are associated with that priesthood after ordination. And so after Christ gives Nephi and the 12 disciples, after he ordains them to the Melchizedek priesthood, in 3 Nephi 18, he finally sees that, seals that priesthood upon them. And it came to pass that when Jesus, 3 Nephi 18.36, had made an end of these sayings, he touched with his hand the disciples, whom he had chosen one by one, even until he had touched them all. And spake unto them as he touched them. And the multitude heard not the words which he spake. Therefore, 
they did not bear record, but the disciples bear record that he gave them the power to give the Holy Ghost, which is the same thing as born of me, even of the Spirit, in section 5, verse 16. This being born of the Spirit is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so, when Christ restores the terrestrial order of the gospel to the Nephites, he restores to them baptism by water into the terrestrial order and baptism by fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In verse 38 in 3 Nephi 18, And it came to pass that when Jesus had touched them all, there came a cloud and overshadowed the multitude that they could not see Jesus. Now, the other part of what Jesus said to his 12 disciples at this time is recorded in Moroni chapter 2. And in Moroni chapter 2, verse 1, the words of Christ, which he spake unto his disciples, the 12, whom he had chosen, as he laid his hands upon them. And he called them by name, saying, You shall call on the Father in my name, in mighty prayer. And after you have done this, you shall have power that to him upon whom you shall lay your hands, you shall give the Holy Ghost, and in my name shall you give it for thus do mine apostles. Now Christ spake these words unto them at the time of his first appearing. And the multitude heard it not, but the disciples heard it, and on as many as they laid their hands fell the Holy Ghost. Now, we have, you know, a popular misunderstanding in the church that, well, this is what happens when we're confirmed a member of the church. Um, however, as Elder Bednar, uh, you know, told us in the 2010 General Conference, in the Fall General Conference, uh, we do not receive the Holy Ghost at confirmation. We only receive the divine imperative to go forward and do what is required. And what is required is offering up a broken heart and contrite spirit. And then can that ordinance be performed, which is the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, where one is born of the spirit. And so back in DNC section five, again, verse 16. And behold, whosoever believeth on my words, then will I visit with the manifestations of my spirit. And they shall be born of me, even of water and of the spirit. And when we're born of Jesus Christ, we become his sons and his daughters. And we have the Gentile blood purged out of us, and we become blood Israel. Um, as Christ tells us in 3 Nephi 16, verse 13. And so continuing in DNC 5, verses 18 through 20. And after their testimony shall go forth unto the condemnation of this generation, if they harden their hearts against them. Now, this generation that he is talking about is not the generation in 1829, for the desolating scourge did not go forth upon the inhabitants of the earth at that time. This is the desolating scourge that precedes Christ coming in his glory. So 
the generation that is being talked about in DNC 5 is our generation. It is the generation in which we are living. For a desolating scourge shall go forth among the inhabitants of the earth and shall continue to be poured out from time to time. If they repent not until the earth is empty and the inhabitants thereof are consumed away and utterly destroyed by the brightness of my coming. Verse 20, behold, I tell you these things, even as I also told the people of the destruction of Jerusalem. And my word shall be verified at this time. And it hath hitherto been verified. So the, the bondage and destruction that came upon the people of King Limhi is only a fraction of the bondage and destruction that is awaiting the Latter-day Saints if we do not repent and return. And in DNC 45, verse 31. Let's start in verse 30. And in that generation shall the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And again, we are living in the generation when the times of the Gentiles shall be fulfilled. I know there are many that think that it has already happened. But it hasn't happened yet. But it is not far distant. And there shall be men standing in that generation that shall not pass until they shall see an overflowing scourge. For a desolating sickness shall cover the land. But my disciples shall stand in holy places and shall not be moved. But among the wicked, men shall lift up their voices and curse God and die. And there shall be earthquakes also in diverse places and many desolations. Yet men will harden their hearts against me and they will take upon, take up the sword one against another and they will kill one another. Okay. So if we now go back to the account of King Limhi's people and we go back to Mosiah chapter 12. Again, the words of Abinadi and put them in the context of the words of the Lord through his prophet Joseph Smith concerning the Latter-day Saints. And thus hath the Lord commanded me, saying, Abinadi, go and prophesy unto this people, for they have hardened their hearts against my words, and they have repented not of their evil doing. Therefore, I will visit them in my anger. Yea, in my fierce anger will I visit them in their iniquities and abominations. Very similar to what the Lord has told the Latter-day Saints in our generation to the prophet Joseph Smith. Yea, woe be unto this generation. The Lord has said unto me, stretch forth thy hand and prophesy, saying, 
Thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that this generation, because of their iniquities, shall be brought into bondage, and shall be smitten on the cheek, yea, and shall be driven by men, and shall be slain by the vultures of the air and the dogs, yea, the wild beast shall devour their flesh. And it shall come to pass that the life of King Noah shall be valued even as a garment in a hot furnace. For he shall know that I am the Lord. And it shall come to pass that I will smite this people with a sore, with sore afflictions and with famine and with pestilence, and I will cause that they shall howl all the day. And I will cause that they shall have burdens lashed upon their backs, and they shall be driven before like a dumb ass. And it shall come to pass that I will send forth hail among them, and it shall smite them, and they shall be smitten with the east wind, and insects shall pester their land also and devour their grain. And they shall be smitten with the great pestilence, and all this will I do because of their iniquities and abominations. And it shall come to pass that except they repent, I will utterly destroy them from off the face of the earth. Yet they shall leave a record behind them, and I will preserve them for other nations. So now in Mosiah 13, verses 33 through 35. For behold, did not Moses prophesy unto them concerning the coming of the Messiah? And that God should redeem his people. Yea, and even all the prophets who have prophesied ever since the world began. Have they not spoken more or less concerning these things? Have they not said that God himself should come down among the children of men. And take upon him the form of man. And go forth in mighty power upon the face of the earth. Yea, and have they not said also that he should bring to pass the resurrection of the dead. And that he himself should be oppressed and afflicted. So, you know, here, you know, we have again the words of Abinadi, you know, testifying to the people that there shall come forth a Messiah, a Messiah to redeem his people. Now, in Mosiah 17, we find that, Mos that Abinadi would rather suffer, suffer death than to recall the words which the Lord has given him to deliver. In Mosiah 17, verses 9 through 10. Now Abinadi said unto them, I say unto you, I will not recall the words which I have spoken unto you concerning this people, for they are true, and that ye may know of their surety, I have suffered myself that I have fallen into your hands, and I will suffer even until death, and I will not recall my words, and they shall stand as a testimony before against you, and if ye slay me, ye will shed innocent blood, and this shall also stand as a testimony against you at the last day. And now verses 16 through 20. It shall come to pass that ye shall be afflicted with all manner of disease and because of your iniquities. Yea, okay, re remember the desolating scourge that is to go forth among the Latter-day Saints. Yea, and ye shall be smitten on every hand and shall be driven and scattered to and fro, even as a wild flock is driven by wild and ferocious beasts. And that day 
you shall be hunted. Um, now, there is a phrase that is often used in Scripture. It's used a lot in Isaiah. It's also used in the Doctrine and Covenants in that day. And in that day almost always refers to the day of judgment, where the, the destruction and the bondage and the scourging begins. And again, verse 18, and in that day, ye shall be hunted and ye shall be taken by the hand of your enemies. And then ye shall suffer as I suffer the pains of death by fire. Thus God executed vengeance upon these that destroy his people. Oh God, receive my soul. And now when Abinadi had said these words, he fell, having suffered death by fire, yet having been put to death because he would not deny the commandments of God, having sealed the truth of his words by his death. And now Mosiah 22. And in Mosiah 22, verses 3 and 4. <laughs> And now it came to pass that Gideon went forth and stood before the king and said unto him, Now, O king, thou hast hitherto hearkened unto my words many times. When we have been contending with our brother the Lamanites. And now, O king, if thou hast not found me to be an unprofitable servant, or if thou hast hitherto listened to my words in any degree, and if they have been of service to thee, even so I desire that thou wouldst listen to my words at this time, and I will be thy servant and deliver this people out of bondage. So the Lord sent Ammon to awaken the people to the doctrine of Christ, to get them to enter into the new covenant, to humble themselves below the dust of the earth in sackcloth and ashes, that they might ascend the spiritual ladder and come out from under the covenant curse that they have come under. And as soon as they have repented sufficiently, um, the Lord inspires a man among them, Gideon, with a plan from God as to how they should be delivered. And now in verse seven, and I will go according to thy command and pay the last tribute of wine to the Lamanites and they will be drunken and we will pass through the secret pass on the left of their camp when they are drunken and asleep. So, you know, Gideon says that they need to pay a tribute of wine to the Lamanites, that they might become drunk, that they might be able to escape from the bondage of the Lamanites. And verse 11. And it came to pass that the people of King Limhi did depart by night into the wilderness with their flocks and their herds. And they went round about the land of Shiloh in the wilderness. 
and bent their course toward the land of Zarahemla, being led by Ammon and his brethren. And verse 13, and after being many days in the wilderness, they arrived in the land of Zarahemla, and they joined Mosiah's people and became his subjects. So here we've had the entire story of the people of God rejecting their God and going into sin. And because they go into sin, they came into bondage. And from bondage proceeded to destruction. And because of the bondage and destruction, they did humble themselves. And they did cry out unto the Lord their God for deliverance. And those who survived began ascending up the spiritual ladder. Until the point which they qualified for Ammon to come upon them and preach the doctrine of Christ. The very words which King Benjamin delivered to his people that brought his people unto the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, that covenant whereby they became Christ's sons and his daughters. And King Benjamin said, and this day ye are made free. And in that day also were King Limhi's people made free. And they were given a plan by revelation through um, a man among them who had repented and returned and ascended and was now worthy and capable of the gift of prophecy and revelation. And they were delivered out of the hands of the Lamanites. And they also had their burdens made lighter and easy. And the, the lesson that Mormon would really have us take away from this experience is summed up in Mosiah 23. Verses 21 through 24. And in this context, he's actually summing up the lesson as pertaining to uh, Alma's people, but it applies equally well to um, King Limhi's people as it does to the Latter-day Saints. Nevertheless, verse 21 in chapter 23 of Mosiah, the Lord seeth fit to chasten his people, Yea, he trieth their patience and their faith. Nevertheless, whosoever putteth his trust in him, the same shall be lifted up at the last day. Yea, thus it was with this people. For behold, I will show unto you that they were brought into bondage, and none could deliver them. But the Lord their God, yea, even the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and of Jacob, and I bear you my witness that these things are true. And the principles and the parallels and the patterns that we have gone over are true. And they apply every bit to us today as they applied to the people of King Limhi and Alma and King Noah um, in their day. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.